all of the teams are working end-to-end um, -end in a group of a good handful of flexporters, meaning that the clients will know exactly who to go to if they can't find the answer in the platform and self-serve themselves. Welcome to the seventh episode of the EdTap podcast. This episode is supported by Dogflow, an Antwerp-based startup leveraging new technologies for better data governance in global trade networks. My name is Sven Goijvaerts and I'm a journalist and business analyst based in Antwerp. In this episode, we welcome Anders Schulze, general manager at Flexport's San Francisco headquarters. Flexport was founded five years ago and it is the first international freight forwarder and customs broker built around an online dashboard. So for starters, I wanted to ask you to introduce yourself. Yeah. Because actually when your name fell in the, in the conversation, it was the first time I heard your name. Yeah. Um, you're, you're, a less, you're a less vocal person, I would say, uh, than Ryan Peterson, uh, either in social media or in marketing that's uh, put out there. Yeah. So can you give maybe an introduction about yourself, like what's your experience and, and, uh, and how has your experience at Flexport been so far? Of course. And so uh, I'm new to Silicon Valley and, and tech. Uh, I joined Flexport um, eight months ago in the beginning of August. Uh, before that, I worked in the logistics space for, for more than 10 years. I worked in, um, in the MERS group, uh, which is, uh, I guess, the, the world's largest uh, logistics company, uh, being both an, an ocean carrier, a freight forwarder, a terminal operator, etc. where um, I had uh, a great time uh, with a lot of great exposure within different business uh, units and even industries, working in both uh, Europe and Asia. Um, I spent a good year, three years in, uh, in, in, in uh, Shanghai, in China. Um, and uh, yeah, I learned a lot about uh, logistics. Then uh, I got introduced to Flexport um, through one of my, my best friends, um, who runs another startup uh, company called AirHealth. I met, I met Ryan through, through my friend Henrik. Um, they were both at um, Y Combinator, this startup incubator together, where yep. they started a good five years ago. Uh, they were in the same batch. And I met Ryan uh, several times. We kept contact. Um, and I mean, over time, the conversations just got more and more interesting. I got more and more inspired by Ryan's vision and uh, the growth of Flexport. It was all of a sudden not just this interesting idea and vision, of making global trade and global commerce more seamless, enabled by a more user-friendly dashboard. Um, it was actually becoming a sizable business with a sizable uh, footprint, not only in San Francisco, where Flexport is headquartered, but across uh, DOs, across cities in the US and uh, and rest of the world. So that's that's why I, uh, I chose to, to join Flexport uh, a good eight months uh, ago because I was just simply too inspired by Ryan's vision and what he was trying to achieve and I wanted to become part of that. Okay. Coming to San Francisco as a city, yeah. how, how has that uh, experience been? Uh, because have you worked here before or? No, uh, good question. Uh, I've never 
worked in uh, in the U.S. Um, in, in such. I've of course been traveling a lot in the U.S., doing a lot of business in the U.S., working with American clients before. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I've never worked here before. As I mentioned, I've been working uh, in, in Europe and Asia, and so it was my first time uh, working in, in the U.S. and in San Francisco. And uh, it's been it's been a true truly inspiring change. Um, I think when you make such a move. Uh, both personally, uh, from a career perspective, but also from a from a family perspective, I moved here with my my wife and son. Um, you can prepare as much as you want, but you never know what you don't know. Uh, so there's been a lot of learnings, both in terms of uh, the culture, uh, the work environment, um, and simply just working uh, in in, a, in another company. Um, can you give maybe some yeah. things that stand out in in, in the culture yeah. as you mentioned? Yeah, I think um, the culture in, in Silicon Valley and, and in Flexport also, for that matter, is, uh, is focused a lot on uh, empowerment and innovation. Um, I think it's a lot about um, laying out problems, visions, and potential challenges to overcome. But then uh, it's a matter of uh, engaging uh, the organization and em- employees in such a way that they solve the problems, the challenges, and uh, fulfill the vision. Mm-hmm. Um, it's less uh, directional, more about uh, creating the right empowered culture and environment uh, where employees, they solve uh, things, challenges, and actually serve our clients more bottoms up, mm-hmm. which uh, I find truly inspiring and, and fun to be a part of. Okay, cool. Yeah, I wanted to bring in maybe like a short video segment. Yeah. I have it here. Yeah. There's this, uh, I don't know if you know it, but uh, the longest running entertainment show on Dutch television, which is not uh, aired anymore, is called uh, Ter Land, Ter Zee and In de Lucht. Yes. It means like um, by air, by sea and on land. Okay, yeah. And um, the, the idea of the, of the show is that you have to make, as a team, you have to make a soapbox. Yeah. Uh, which you drive on wheels and sometimes it's a dragon or it's like uh, some kind of big uh, steak or whatever you you make your soapbox into and you drive it down some kind of cliff and then at the end of the cliff you have to as a team like yank a a, a rope which has a bell but then because the cliff goes it, it goes so fast. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 hard to stay on the track, and next to the track is water, and then you fall in the water, and you haven't. But that's that's really not the point of the show. The, the point of the show is to like laugh at, you know, all the. That's it, that's it, yeah. So uh, I'm just gonna show it uh, quickly, like a, a minute to, to to get an impression. Yeah. Um, and and I have a related question to that. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, there's a there's the speed of how things develop here. Yeah. There's, I think, also a fun factor. Yeah. And there's, yeah, there's like a lot of collaborative uh, creativity. Yeah. In, and in that situation, I wonder, I'll, I'll ask the question uh, after I show this, the, the little thingy. <laughs> there's Vikings also, yeah. <laughs> and bears, yeah. <laughs> There's a bell. They reached it. How many teams typically succeed? 
Half of them were no, less. No, no. Way, way less, way less yeah. than that. No, okay, it's a typical challenge, yeah. But, uh, it's fun. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if you consider like such an entertainment show. Yeah. How would you view your role in this? Are you like the director of the show, the director of the show? Are you part of the team? Yeah. How, how do you feel you relate to the rest of the company? That's, um, that's a very good question. I think maybe overall I would, I would say Ryan is more of the director of the show, uh, kind of like putting the, the vision of the show together and, and focusing more about where we, we want to get to. Um, what possibly adjacent businesses we want to um, expand into. Um, so, so he's kind of like directing the show, I'd say. Um, my role is, 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 is more to, to make sure that, that I support him in, 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 in that vision and the company in that vision um, in the, the Northwest region um, by making sure that the, the, the teams have what they need um, to be successful um, in the show, uh, to just use this uh, analogy, meaning that um, if they need a better uh, boat or slide or whatever we, uh, we, we call it, um, equipping them with that. Um, if something is unclear in terms of uh, how to um, reach the the, the bill best possible if they need some direction um, happy to provide that yeah. but I, I see my role more sort of a, a facilitator in the show where I um, help the teams best possible but I won't tell them how to reach the bill mm -hmm. because they are so smart they are so equipped they are so um, resourceful that they probably know how to do it best themselves but whenever they need help, whenever they need a better uh, slide or boat or whatever, uh, I'll help them uh, getting that. Uh, I see my role more as sort of a, a facilitator in the show. They probably know how to do it best themselves, but whenever they need help, uh, I'll help them uh, getting that. You're now listening to the EdTap Podcast. This episode is supported by DocFlow. In the second part of this episode, we talk about Flexport's product, their net promoter score, and the process of how they managed to achieve it. I want to go into that term of product yeah. because, I mean, you have a, you have a, a whole department that's developing products, yeah. and I, I, I still have a bit of uh, trouble grasping the term in yeah. in this in this uh, kind of business. Yeah. So. It's also because I've been uh, like brainstorming a bit about the three P's. Yes. Like, they've been there have been different uh, dif uh, different definitions of the three P's. So you have sometimes people saying people, planet, profit. Yes. If, if you talk sustainability. Yeah. But then there's the people, process, product. Yeah. Um, what can you maybe uh, make the the product aspect uh, concrete with a few examples? What it means for the Flexport uh, dashboard? Yeah. And and uh, yeah, what what product means to you as a as a term? Yeah, I think product um, means that we I mean, build 
certain products um, in our dashboard, in our platform that uh, our customers use. So it, it, that in, in itself is a product, but then we are constantly innovating and adding um, sub-products, product, so to speak, to that platform. Yeah. Do I have to understand these as certain modules that customers pay for? Yeah, no, uh, good question. So it is indeed certain modules or features, uh, if you will, but it's not something that, that, that customers uh, pay for. Um, so for instance, we have a range of uh, features, uh, for instance, an analytics module where clients can uh, dig into uh, more details on like landed costs, how they're developed uh, over time, how they're utilizing their containers, uh, where they can also look for benchmarks on what similar uh, clients with similar transporting similar commodities uh, would spend and so forth. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not something they pay for, it's part of the Flexport service um, and it's enabled through technology where we store that data um, in the dashboard um, so everything they've done with us is visible in the dashboard. Right. Um, Let's look so at the they time. can slice it and dice it the way they want. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, maybe not to go too much into detail, but if you talk pricing then, yeah. how are there specific kind of uh, subscriptions that you can take to, to, the, to the dashboard, which have more features than the other, or? Yeah, I think we're, we're flexible um, in terms of uh, both pricing and, um, and space agreements, be it short-term, medium-term, term and long-term. Um, so we work with our clients uh, to fulfill their needs, uh, be it um, them operating in the so-called spot market yep. or them signing up for a quarterly uh, annual deal or um, whatever, um, we're flexible there. Oh yeah, 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 I understand. Yeah, so then maybe like the the growth question. Yeah. If you if you would have to, because we clean the blackboard here now, yeah. whiteboard here. Yeah. If you can if you can chart maybe some graphs that exemplify Flexport's current uh, evolution and yeah. where do you see it going? One thing that's particularly interesting around Flexport, which was also one of the key reasons for for why I joined was the fact that um, our net promoter score, um, which is the customer satisfaction score, is so high. Yep. It's um, hovering around um, the current uh, net promoter score is, is 63. And it's been up there ever since we, uh, we started. Mm -hmm. The average industry is, uh, is hovering around uh, minus 35. And as you may know, um, the, the, the net promoter score works in the way that, that um, minus 100 is, is the lowest and plus 100 uh, is the highest. Um, so as I mentioned, we're at, we're at the 63 plus. That's benchmarking with uh, the likes of Amazon, Apple and other user-friendly tech-driven companies, um, also represented here in the valley. Uh, but what's interesting is that when you look at the average of the logistics industry, 
that's around minus 35. So, I mean, having a, a plus 60 score in the logistics space, which is always going to be challenging, I mean, even though you develop the best software you can dream of, there's always going to be logistic challenges because of weather, port strikes, you name it. Um, so you can make it very seamless through technology and transparency, but of course there will always be challenges in the logistics space. So I think getting a plus 60 score against an industry benchmark of, 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 amazing. of uh, minus 35 speaks for something going, going uh, right. And I think the reason for the, the, the plus 60 score, that's, um, that's the technology, the dashboard, which is so user-friendly relative to uh, what, uh, what else is out there in the industry. And the fact that we are organized in, uh, in a more customer-centric um, squad model. Yeah. I think a lot of companies talk about uh, customer centricity and being customer-centric. Uh, at least from what I've seen, Flexport is really executing uh, customer centricity uh, by uh, the fact that we have organized ourselves in these so-called squad models where all of the teams um, are working end-to-end um, -end in a group of a good handful of flexporters servicing um, their clients fully end-to-end -end from everything from customer service, operation, uh, selling, quoting, etc. Yep. So they're end-to-end -end responsible for uh, serving the, the clients, meaning that the clients will know exactly who to go to if they can't find the answer in the platform and self-serve themselves. Um, which I think truly differentiates Flexport because in many other companies, um, a lot of people um, owns the clients, but nobody really owns the clients um, because there are too many moving parts, too many stakeholders to involve whenever you need to provide the clients with a quote figure out how to provide them the best customer service, etc. Whereas in Flexport, I think we enable this um, to the benefit of the clients from having this squad model where we have a dedicated account executive doing the selling part, um, an operation manager that um, manages the operations team doing all of the operations, customer service, quoting, etc. Exactly. So yeah, I think this is a very telling, uh, telling uh, chart. Um, Maybe, maybe, ju maybe just to, how do you gather that information? How, how do you gather the, 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 the customer happiness? Is it by actively uh, requesting them to fill in certain surveys or like uh, having them yeah. give a score every time there's an interaction? Yeah, good question. Um, so we, uh, we use uh, a third party um, company to facilitate and manage this for us uh, because we don't want to uh, end up in a situation where we, um, so to speak, manage the NPS score. Uh, we want to get the candid feedback from our clients. We don't want to get a high NPS score just for the sake of, I mean, keeping everyone in Flexport happy but not keeping the clients happy. I mean, that would be nonsense. Uh, so we use a third party. Uh, company to, to manage and facilitate this for us and there are certain rules to follow here um, so that it's not something the team can, 
can manage and uh, end up in a situation where they boost their own NPS scores uh, for the for the sake of just keeping Flexport happy but not the clients uh, happy. Yeah. But NPS uh, is um, a general um, a general term used by the industry, not only the logistics industry but also the car industry, etc. Yeah. No, I think uh, I think we're nearing uh, nearing the end of my questions. Uh, did I have something to? I just have to remember giving you some some thank you gifts. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> One. Yesterday I went on a sailing trip, almost yeah. under the Golden Gate Bridge, but this is a guy who's a surfer as well. He's, yeah. He's a he's from Toronto. He moved to San Francisco. And he offers uh, sailing trips on his small boat. It's uh, it's it's quite lovely. He's a very uh, very very great guy, and you get twenty percent off for a trip. Oh, thanks. To get awesome. him with a wife and kid, maybe. Great. You probably thanks so much, man. <laughs> have you done that already? No, no, I have not. So we're it's actually from, thinking about that. Excellent. That's it's great. It's from Sausalito, so you have to take yeah. the, the, the yeah. You know Sausalito. Yeah, right? either yeah. the yeah. You can go by bridge or ferry. Yeah. Cool. Great. Thanks. And then another one, uh, as we arrived here in San Francisco, um, I went to a book reading of this guy. Uh, it's an older, older academic, Richard Walker. Cool. Um, from Berkeley University. Yeah. And he wrote like a pretty, pretty large book about um, the, the, the effect of the tech industry on the San Francisco Bay Area, but in a more critical light, saying like, you know, there's a lot of uh, commuting going on, which creates a lot of pollution. There's yeah. a lot of uh, immigrants that are underpaid that have to like sustain this kind of culture. And uh, I haven't gone through it. It's it's like a huge book, but uh, I'm sure you'll. Uh, Thanks so much. Cool. Thanks so much, man. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Etap Podcast, supported by Dogflow. And that's www.dockflow.be. Be sure to tune in next time and have a great day.